0: Okay. so I'm gonna turn this way down and hope that our 31% battery lasts us.
1: Bam. Okay. We got this. Well
0: we've only got 40 minutes anyway. Okay, so uh the date is November 18th. It's 4.17. This is Tim.
1: And Rebecca.
0: Uh, why why did we not uh review? Was it because our children were screaming at us?
1: Yes. Yes. Today, when I screamed at the top of my lungs, I said, why won't you stop screaming at me? It does indeed feel like they just constantly are screaming at us.
0: Yep. And then you took a timeout, and they took a timeout, and everybody calmed down.
1: Well, they didn't even have to take a timeout. I just took a timeout, and I let them do what they willed with each other. (laughs) Hey, they survived. So um, what did we just go do?
0: We went to the post office to not pick up mail, not to pick up mail, but we went to the post office to submit the applications for passports for our two children. Mm. And that is kind of a big deal because it feels like it's a concrete step forward towards <laughs> da, 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 da. going to nepal with our children which is in the works as we speak um
1: this is the first i'm hearing about this <laughs> what
0: <laughs> are you shocked
1: I'm shocked I, I knew you wait what me. happened <laughs>
0: Um, yes, you're coming too, just in <laughs> case you were worried about that. No, we yeah we're we're planning a trip to Nepal. It's not all set yet, but it takes a few weeks to get those passports, you know, in the mail. So those are on their way. Um, we I'm thinking about going for work for um, not for my current job, but for a different company that wants uh, some work done. That sounds exciting so um we're gonna go and we're going to see if uh we can have our family live in a strange new world for a few months
1: well okay and the interesting thing for all of this with for me is is like i have been feeling so stressed about it it's been waking me up and i feel tense all the time but i don't feel tense like the two months leading up to it because surely the several months where we're over there we're going to be stressed and so I don't want to live like half a year in stress and it's kind of tricky you know because I feel like if we are following God and doing doing stuff like that it's kind of tends to be stressful and so it's kind of hard to just live in that peaceful place you know like you think oh I should be the person that's Feeling peaceful about everything as I step forward, but I don't know. I that has not been me so far.
0: Mm-hmm. I I understand that. I've not been great at living it one day at a time either, because um, there's so many things to plan. It seems like like I am living one day at a time, of course, but like just keeping my worries focused on the here and now is not easy. Um. But yet it is when the kids are screaming at me. It seems like that becomes the, the real focus. They really bring me into the immediate problem.
1: But like you were just saying, like the worries of the here and now. But like how do you not be like worried and stressed about that then? With like, you know, the kids screaming and... Well, that's the here crying. and now.
0: That is the now.
1: But how do you not be stressed about it?
0: I am stressed about it.
1: But I'm asking you, how do you not be stressed about it?
0: Oh, I get it. No, I still... How I, do you
1: be better than you? Right, right. That's what I'm asking. Okay. So
0: now that we've established it was a rhetorical question.
1: No, it's not rhetorical. I'm asking... No, I how don't How do you know. be a better person?
0: I don't... No! <laughs> we are... We, no, we do know. We live one day at a time. And we pray. We ask for help from other people. And... Rinse, repeat.
1: (laughs) Well, and that's like been the kind of unfortunate thing about this whole Nepal thing. I feel like with like, so I feel like I'm kind of focusing mainly on the here and now each day. But I've been feeling like that underlying like general just higher level of stress knowing it's coming. Mm -hmm. But it's like I feel like it's like it's always with you where I'm just short and angry and you know, yeah. that's, like, frustrating.
0: And I like, I, I like the way we are becoming more open about that. You know, like, more vulnerable to express our, our stress and our feelings to each other. Yeah. It feels nice to know that you are more obvious with how stressed you are to me than you are with anyone else.
1: Does that feel nice? Interesting.
0: I mean, it's challenging. It's not, it's not easy. And is it easy for you when I'm freaking out?
1: No, it's easy for me to judge you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what I thought. <laughs>
0: exactly. And that, you know, I, I'm, I'm guiding the conversation here because that is what that book I'm reading is talking about. The Daring Greatly uh, by Brene Brown.
1: Oh. That's
0: one of the things... Um, she talks about in there is uh being vulnerable being open to talk about the things we're ashamed of or afraid of and the challenges especially some of the challenges between men and women of doing that
1: oh yeah. interesting mm-hmm.
0: yeah so i i think like what you were just saying like i we're married we've been married for a long time we've been through a lot together Wait, we sh-
1: even we're married again yeah. <laughs> kid. what <laughs> For the audience. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> mm-hmm. <clears throat> we'll cut that. <laughs> we'll cut out my sassiness. Okay.
0: <laughs> I like it when you're sassy. We get very sassy when we're on the, on the mic. Um, the, I don't remember what I was talking about now. Sorry. That's the difference okay.
1: between men and women. Well, with...
0: yeah. So in, in Husbands and Wives, we, we men see that our wives want us to be vulnerable and want us to be open about how we're feeling, and then we also see the look of panic in your eyes when we are vulnerable and when we do freak out and fall apart. <laughs>
1: what are you supposed to
0: do? <laughs> I don't know. I haven't gotten that far in the book yet. How <laughs> know. work on it? It'd be better. How, how do you be a better person? Huh? <laughs> not judge we're not supposed to judge each other for when we see each other's weaknesses
1: oh my goodness i know because i do want you to be honest and vulnerable with me but the hardest one for me is when you're so stressed honestly like Mm. like i get sadness and anger and fear like those don't freak me out as much it's like stress does like Mm. it's i start feeling angry at you because then i feel like you're making me stressed yeah
0: okay that makes a lot of sense i i feel uh i feel the stress like rise up and you like catch it it's like contagious so i can see why you would hate that
1: but then again, people aren't supposed to have the power to make them feel a certain way. Mm-hmm. But it sure does feel like you yes. make me stress.
0: It's so hard when we see that. It's like, you're making me feel so
1: angry. Well, I just saw a card at the post office. Mm. when We were waiting there for like an hour for the passports for our children. And it said on the card, it was like a romantic card. And on the front, it had a crab. And it said, sometimes you make me feel crabby. <laughs> but we're supposed to be together anyway. Oh, But... Ouch. <laughs>
0: That's a bleak card. (laughs) Thanks a lot, Hallmark.
1: (laughs) But it's that making...
0: Make me... You make me feel crabby. You, you make... We just say it, though. That's how we think. And that's the real, like, trick. is like changing the way we say it. It should also change the way we think about it, but it doesn't always. It has to... it, It comes after a while of trying to actually believe that you don't have the power to make me feel crabby hmm i still kind of believe it
1: i know i do too okay so in what ways do men suck then because like you were saying with it, that that it's like women want the vulnerability but then they freak out about it so no. what way
0: are men terrible we're pitiable you should pity us that's all what <laughs> no no the way the way she was describing it was um was talking about how men are get this shame box. they're born with a shame box, and you know when they're born, they have a box around them uh you know that's small or they're small so they can fit in it, and as they get bigger, like the box gets more claustrophobic, and like we don't have room to feel or express or freak out like we did when we were a toddler or a kid, and so um the allowed range of emotions becomes much smaller. And we are much more confined to reacting to things in a certain way and expressing ourselves in a certain way.
1: That is very interesting.
0: And we own it. We're like, oh, yeah, that sounds awesome. I will be strong. I will be resilient. And that means I will never show any emotion or ever freak out.
1: That is very interesting. Although, bring it back to me. And so, <laughs> <laughs> so wait. Let's so talk what? about you. <laughs> so what do women do then? No, so, because uh, you've said everything that the men do, but what about women? Does you you
0: judge like... the men for freaking out and having emotions. But that's
1: all about you still. So what is my thing? Like, oh,
0: you do the same thing. You freak out and you have emotions and you are stressed and upset and you want someone to talk to about it. I mean, and that's then just what human. do you do? You judge me? Yeah, it's totally. If I feel like I'm judging myself at a certain level, then I'm going to judge other people to that same level. Or higher. Like, I want to feel like I've got it together. So seeing someone else that doesn't have it together feels amazing. Even if it's your wife. Not amazing. I should say amazing. It feels like, it's, it's like a totally subconscious thing. At least this is what I've read so far in this
1: book. Interesting.
0: So it's not a, it's not an intentional thing. It's just we feel like we are not allowed to have emotions and freak out. When I see you have emotions and freak out, I judge you because I'm like, well, she should be able to handle it and have it together.
1: Interesting.
0: And I feel like women probably do the same thing to their men. But you don't have the same self expectation on yourselves about the emotions. You have a ton of other expectations on you that you're judging yourself about, right?
1: Like what I comparison don't know. is my thing. Right,
0: exactly. How you look, how you act you know, all those other things. How good your kids are in public.
1: Mm. Yeah.
0: So it's more about how people see you in those ways.
1: Yeah, like we just had a babysitter come and for the first time and her kids were both crying and I felt so embarrassed because
0: We've had babysitters before. This is a new babysitter. To
1: right, us. right. And so but when they were like crying and stuff, that was very embarrassing to me because it Seemed like our kids were going to get judged for being bad kids mm-hmm. off the bat.
0: Mm-hmm. And you know what I was worried about? What? Appearing like I didn't have control of myself and that I was going to look like I was letting it affect me too much.
1: Interesting. I had to play
0: it cool for the audience.
1: Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Hmm.
0: Okay. Well, that went deep fast. It did. Okay.
1: Well, thanks for sharing about your book. I've been reading um, The Count of Monte Cristo again, one mm-hmm. of my all-time favorites. Nice Revenge Tale.
0: How many times have you read that?
1: I don't know.
0: Okay. <laughs> a few.
1: More than two? I don't know even, honestly. I oh, mean, I remember the first time. time that I've read it, but then... Did I read it multiple times read in between? It, I, I read can't it remember.
0: Once, like probably 10 years ago. I think you you introduced me to it and told me I needed to read it.
1: It's a good one. Mhm. Yes. And so, you know, he comes full circle in his revenge and um I don't know what else I was going to say about that. <laughs> That's the well, end of that conversation. Well, what were you telling me
0: last night? You said that that The revenge story in The Count of Monte Cristo does end with a redemption, right?
1: Right, because he lets, spoiler alert, but if you haven't read it in a hundred years, you really should have. Um, But, yeah, it ends with him letting the last guy go, you know, because he makes one guy go insane and he kills one of them. And then the last guy, he's like, lets him go, Mm -hmm. even though it's the greatest villain. And he decides to go off and have happiness with another another woman get married and
0: right like the best revenge is living a long and healthy life or whatever like
1: yeah and i think he just just, he just saw he just saw how miserable they were and he felt bad like he he his thing was at the end he was like he said in his letter that he was like saying him where he thought that he could be a god and Mm. then he saw he repented of that and, and so I think like that's, that was interesting to me that that's kind of like the opposite, like the, the a revenge tale being that you're trying to be God by trying to take it out on everybody.
0: Yeah, um, it is. And it is kind of the ultimate fantasy because he gets all the money and power and knowledge that he needs in order to be all powerful in his world.
1: Yeah. And then he does it and realizes though that you know that he's overstepped his bounds as a human
0: meaningless meaningless everything is meaningless yes solomon yes that's interesting that's that seems very true um so so that story is an epic that spans time and many characters and the characters develop and then it ends with him trying to get revenge and then deciding not to right and how does that contrast with the final episode of the television show Breaking Bad
1: well that is so interesting because I mean Breaking Bad I mean do you kind of see it well first off do you kind of see it as a revenge story in some ways like by the end
0: the world Right. I mean, mm. they do kind of bring it back. Spoiler alert, of course. Um, again, if you haven't seen Breaking Bad, I mean, we just finished it two ago, <laughs> a month ago. Um, <clears throat> but if you haven't seen Breaking Bad, what are you doing? You get out from under your rock.
1: You suck, and we are condemning you. Yeah, we're going to judge men and you. Women. That's right. <laughs>
0: That's for human. Um, so, so by the end of Breaking Bad, he does like you realize. Like, it finally does become clear, like, so much of his motivation, his pride, is driven by um, what happened between him and uh, Gretchen and Elliot, like, to begin with. And so in the final episode, they do kind of tie that loose end up, and he does get his revenge on them, but without killing them, just by terrifying them and making them launder his money for him, which, right, why didn't he think of that in the first place? spent a lot of time laundering money that didn't work. Yeah. That was wasted. Anyway, um, seems like he just sort of came up with that out of the blue.
1: (laughs) Well, when he had been in a cabin for like a year. Right, right? we've seen
0: so many of his plans fail so completely that we're supposed to trust that this one plan was going to work. Whatever. Okay. Um, But then, like, he gets revenge on them. And then he goes and gets revenge on the the people who shot his brother-in-law, which still is totally his fault. And then he gets revenge sort of on him, on the world by taking money from people and flooding the world with methamphetamines, hmm. which turns him into this sort of That villain. is kind
1: of revenge against the world, isn't it? Right, because
0: he was meaningless before, and all of a sudden he had a meaning, he had a place. He was a villain, and that was something. That was better than nothing.
1: Interesting. You're right, that... That was his revenge on the world, and and he so often would say that it was up to him when everyone was finished because he definitely had like a god complex, mm-hmm. and he he would talk about himself seeing. Um, oh man, my brain is like not working. Oh, I'm sorry. We can cut this out. <laughs> good. Make you sound more concise. <laughs> Better. Gooder. Gooder. Can talk you make good. me so gooder? Yeah, I can
0: do there's a button for that. Oh, we've got low low battery here. Oh no. Four percent left.
1: How did it how is it dying this quickly? I don't it's not
0: plugged into power and it's using USB and it's recording.
1: Okay. Um now Sorry, now there's pressure.
0: Okay, we'll we'll just we'll just kind of um finish talking about breaking bad and then we'll wrap it up and it'll be the end of our of our thing.
1: Okay. So um yeah, so he... <laughs>
0: I'm judging you for showing emotion and freaking out right now. Why can't you be less stressed like me?
1: I'm cool and calm and not panicked. Um, But he would say that he at least had control of his destiny with with the cancer and stuff. Right. He like at least could control destiny and where he was going. And so at the end, I mean, he still had control of it. He still controlled how he died. He still controlled everything
0: yes he controlled he he's the one who freed jesse from the prison and he's the one that took out the bad people and and ultimately ended his own life through that process which is what he
1: wanted so i mean is that a change of character whatsoever because i mean he was still the one like was he humbled at all
0: i don't know spending a year in a cabin Reflecting on what he did and didn't do, that seems like that would humble him. But I didn't see it either. I don't think he really appeared that humble.
1: I almost feel like the only character that changed was in the first episode. Like he, the only character change that happened was in the his first arc. Episode, yeah, the because, biggest
0: change in his arc was right away at the beginning.
1: And then from that point on, he just believed he had control of everything because he's so bitter about the world.
0: Right. I mean, there is definitely points along the path. Right. Like. When he first, when he killed the first person, You committed his first murder. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But, yeah, you're right. Ultimately, it's the same direction. The trajectory never changed. Yeah. Which is sad. It is a tragedy. Right. But yet he's still not a hero. He's still the villain.
1: Right. And he became a better villain, like a kinder villain mm-hmm. by the end, but... Still, much. if you're still a villain if you think you have control of everything, kind oh, yeah.
0: of, right? Oh, totally. I mean, his machinations were, were ridiculous. He poisoned a child in order to play this deeply nested game of chess with someone who he ostensibly loved like a son. Although yeah. he loved his own son pretty terribly. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, well, that's that's our literary discussion of *The Count of Monte Cristo* and *Breaking Bad*. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so we we don't record these episodes real often. Um, we still haven't released the first episode, uh, so we're kind of working our way up to that. It's uh, it's hard to bring ourselves to have the courage to actually publish these. Um, we came up with a name last time, and we thought about answering questions. Um, we don't have a way for people to get in contact with us to ask us questions yet. <laughs>
1: Makes it challenging. (laughs) It does make it challenging, but we've we've always got enough
0: to talk about, keep ourselves entertained. And, um, yeah, and then hopefully in a couple months from now, you know, God willing, we'll be going to Nepal. And then we'll really be having a challenge to record these episodes there. We'll have to see what kind of equipment we can find to bring along. Yeah. But uh, it'd be pretty cool to document our experiences of Moving our family with our little kids to a new country.
1: That would be. I feel like the public needs us. They yes. need to hear our story as we do this.
0: If we didn't feel that way, would be we be recording this. <laughs> yes. Yes we would. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess we'll sign off and hope that we can save the file.
1: Okay. Bye. Bye.